The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello, everyone. <laughs> So we're going to do a little bit of, like, role-playing, okay? Can you guys hear me fine? Do I need to talk louder? Sorry. I, yeah, we're, I, I we're very soft-spoken people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for a brief moment, imagine that you've had different bouts with your own beliefs and ideas. You're currently in a crossroads with your lives, and you're starting to feel a little bit vulnerable. And just by chance, you have come across someone that says that they can change your life and they do maybe in a good way well at the time it's in a good way for you right because suddenly you feel happy you feel complete you feel more you because you're now whole however your friends and family they don't quite see it that way because you're a little different you're you have become more distant you have sold your stuff you move, you dress different, so you are no longer you to them. And you probably joined the MLM, is usually how that works. <laughs> or Herbalife, whatever. Yeah. Or, 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 I love Herbalife. Yeah. That dirt coffee. <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't guessed it by now, today we're going to talk about cults, one of my favorite topics. And if you are new here, we are Bruz Murder, where we talk true crime of color. I'm Battle. I'm Andre. I'm Kelly. We're down one person because he couldn't get off of work. You know, it happens. <laughs> so yeah, sit back and relax and enjoy what we have in store for you today. I do want to preface that with today's episode, it can be triggering for some people as the case does involve kidnap, or the cases, excuse me, involve kidnap sexual assault involving children and mutilation and so, aliens too and so. aliens yeah sorry <laughs> trigger warning for aliens. trigger warning for aliens yes so a cult i think we have a good idea of what it is but if you don't know what it is it's a social group that is defined by its mutual religious spiritual or philosophical beliefs and rituals these can range from everything from self-mutilations to creating acts of violence towards people outside of the cult. And while today cults are a pretty decent topic, they actually didn't become a sociological study until about the 1930s, which is less than 100 years. And the approach that I'm taking on the context of these groups are based on and reference from one sociologist sociologist take on on them. So Essentially, there was a sociologist named Howard Becker, and he was just like, yeah, I want to turn cults into something more along the line of a sociological classification. So what Becker did was take a German theologian's work on the church sect topology and expanded it. And essentially what this topology was, was to distinguish between three different types of religious behavior, which were a churchy, a sectarian, and mystical. 
So maybe you're asking yourself, or maybe not, but what is the recipe for a cult? First, it's important to understand that they are truly held together by a bond that's very difficult to break through as they have the same beliefs and they idolize their leader like the Lost Boys did with Peter Pan. Or a well, BTS fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love K-pop. So their leader is typically a charismatic one and a charismatic leader is the first ingredient of making a cult and typically this is the individual that creates it. So they create these groups for various reasons, but a lot of time it's for control. And along with being the individual or the charismatic leader, they're very good at charming people and they're great at reading body language and they like to prey on people that are vulnerable. Like Dr. Phil. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes I watch his show. But oh, no, yeah. I still lie. That mustache, it'd be him. <laughs> So what's interesting today about, about cults today is that they're not only religious groups, because I think when we think about cults, we're like, oh, they're just all based upon religion, but that's not the case. They're actually political groups also that have a transcendent belief system that is what another ingredient is for cults. So what a transcendent belief is that if they do well in the cult or in the group that they're in, they will get to some better place. But in order to go to this better place, a transformation with each individual has to happen. And this is an act of assimilation, which is breaking down an individual by recreating them into their place in the group. And we're not talking about the military. <laughs> we're both veterans. We're both veterans, yeah. so we can say <laughs> I did some crazy things for money, so. Um, <laughs> But yes, each, each individual of the group knows that their charismatic leader is their prophet, so they protect them at all costs. And my, my prophet was the Mick Ponner, the Master Chief Petty Officer of the Navy, and I did anything that that dude told me to. Well, they brought it down from the chain of command. Who's, who's yeah, yours? Mine was a drill sergeant from Alabama who hated me because I didn't know what roll tide meant. <laughs> he took it real personal. So... The final ingredient that makes a cult a cult is that there's a system of control. And this control can include anything that you eat, when you sleep, different relationships, and kids. Like who you could have them with or what kid goes where. It's pretty disturbing actually. So control is a very powerful tool because this type of control that a cult leader has they're able to create any type of external foe to the group, so they're able to manipulate all of their followers to do anything that they want. And they're very good at persuading its members that the reality that they're living in is not true reality. And this is the idea of being persuaded and pressured into believing in a narcissist. And when speaking on kids and cults, it's important to know that when kids are indoctrinated into cults at a young age, they are manipulated by systems of influences that essentially keep them obedient and molded into whatever the cult leader wants them to be. Essentially, they're almost like livestock for these predators in these groups. And while there are many different groups today, 
we are covering a couple that fall under a religious and doomsday category. So, Kelly, you ready? Yeah, go ahead, Kay Money, hit us with it. (laughs) So the cult I decided to cover was Dwight York and the Nuwabian Nation. Um, It began in the late 1960s as Ansaru Allah, a black Islamic group in Brooklyn. And then through the 70s, they transitioned to a Jewish community and became the Nubian Islamic Hebrews. As well, they went through many phases and many different names. Um, Trial and error phase it was. (laughs) By the 80s, the group's belief system started to change again, uh, taking on elements of Kemetism, which is a revival of ancient Egyptian beliefs, uh, religious beliefs based on UFOs, aliens, and distant planets, and even cryptozoology. Just checking off all the boxes. Yeah, a whole, you know, grab bag. Whatever sticks. Um, in the early 90s, they purchased a plot of land in Eatonton, Georgia, and started building a mecca of sorts named Tamaray. It was built with many Egyptian-inspired structures, including a 40-foot pyramid that was used as a nightclub, illegally. But um, at one point, uh, they believed that a spaceship of aliens would come back for them, uh, similar to the second coming of Christ. York also claimed that the Nuwabians were Moorish Native Americans who came over from Africa, not during the slave trade, but um, before continental drift, which we didn't <laughs> exist back then. So, um, Not possible. They were also considered a black supremacist separatist group and were classified as a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh, many elements of the Nuwabians as a group were very reminiscent of other more well-known cults. So... They were secretive about their customs and beliefs. They had a charismatic megalomaniac for a leader. And men and women were kept separate, like Battle was saying, from each other and their own children. As well as they had to request permission to uh, get married or even have relations with their partners. Um, and then there was a designated room that they got to use within the compound for those things. So they are like the Branch Davidians of... Georgia. Georgia. Hotep Davidians. (laughs) (laughs) Throughout his almost 40 years as the leader of the Nuwabians, um, Dwight York, his story, his origin story changed many times. So he, a possible birth certificate states that his birthplace was Boston, Massachusetts. While other sources say he grew up in other cities across the mid-Atlantic, New Jersey, um, He was all over. Yeah. Yeah. City girl. Um, and then he, he even once stated he immigrated from Ghana. So there's a lot of back and forth because he had so many different stories. He claimed to be the descendant of a former slave um, who went by York, who traveled with Lewis and Clark. But then he also claimed his father was from Sudan. Uh, much later, he said he was actually sent from another planet called Risk, which um, I was going to look up how to pronounce that. But then I remembered that it was fake. So, <laughs> so no pronunciation. Didn't matter. <laughs> Where is this place? Why don't I see yeah. it? Google has Wikipedia. no <laughs> um, Again, as well as with other known cults like the Branch Davidians and the People's Temple, York also used his power to sleep with whomever he wanted within the cult. Beginning with adult women many of which he impregnated, and then moving on to young girls. The children were groomed with special privileges and taught how to perform acts um, by adult female followers. And, like, grooming such as, like, special privileges for, like, TV, video games, candy, stuff like that. Uh, My assumption as to their complicity in this is that 
By the late 90s, these grown women had likely been in the cult for 30-some years, so had grown up within the cult. So not that it's an excuse, but perhaps an explanation as to how brainwashed they were. Um, by 1998, an overwhelming number of teen girls were falling pregnant, raising concerns in the nearby communities. These girls were accompanied by male escorts and were not permitted to talk to the hospital staff throughout their um, birthing process. So that was kind of what tipped everybody off. He was, Dwight York was shortly arrested thereafter and charged with multiple state and federal crimes, including more than 100 counts of uh, child molestation, six counts of transporting minors across state lines for sexual purposes, and five counts of racketeering. And um, it was said that, I think the prosecution said that they could have charged him with over a thousand counts of um, misconduct, but they didn't think that the judge would believe that it was that high, so they went with a lower number um, of 100. And then um, his own son, actually, who had gotten out of the cult, was who helped bring him down and take him to justice. And I th he's still in prison today. Yeah, do you want to go over their weird language, too? Oh, yes. He had a fictitious language. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as you can see, believe be lie Eve to lie to Eve's children. He created a complete etymology for words that already existed. You gotta, you gotta keep them confused and on their feet, you yeah. know? <laughs> uh, Caucasian from carcass Asian, meaning degenerate Asian. Dyslexia from the Greek dis, hard, difficult, or against, and the Latin lexia, law, meaning to go against the law. So are you going against the law over there? Yeah, I'm dyslexic, so I'm a lawbreaker by nature. <laughs> uh, God, somehow translating English to Hebrew and reversing the letters, it means fish. Jesus is a combination of the words Yah and Zeus, and USA. Yah, Zeus. <laughs> yeah. um, from the Egyptian word Usa, meaning eye. So we're an eye. There's a big eyeball. There's a big country. eyeball. Yeah. yeah. You gotta love bullshit, right? <laughs> so, so now, one second. Before we go on, we just have to remember that people that were in the cult these cult like members it's not a lot of times they are again like preyed upon and they get taken advantage of when they are extremely vulnerable so it would be easy for us all to sit up here and say yeah these people are idiots why would they do that I'd but never when you're in it that. it's but different yeah. when you are at your lowest low and you feel like your family your friends aren't listening to you and believing anything that you that what are your truths it's easier to find solace in something that seems too good to be true because at the end of the day sometimes it's too good to be true like so joining I, money yeah i just want to keep that in everyone's in, in everyone's mind as we talk about these cases just because we don't want to blame them and shame them for exactly because yeah. the cult leader's fault not yes. the victims and now a message from our sponsors so now i'm covering valentina de andrade so, in the Amazon jungle, a dark and infamous chapter of Brazilian history happened, and it came to light around 1989, and it concerned a bunch of young children. In all, an estimated 19 boys from the ages of 8 to 13 were missing in connection with a Brazilian organization at, that, known as the Superior Universal Alignment, or the Inamiento Universal Superior, which is a shady, violent, extremist cult. So, exactly. <laughs> The bigger question <laughs> The bigger question in regards to the missing boys though was 
why would they leave the comfort of their homes and families to join a religious sect that committed satanic rituals, black magic, and then promoted dumb mysticism <laughs> to these young children? Uh, the answer isn't easy because most of these missing boys didn't actually come from homes that were supportive or caring. Uh, most of these boys came from the Amazonian town of Almerta, and they were considered poor and impoverished, and they earned money working the streets by doing odd jobs here and there for anyone who would like hire them. Many were homeless, and the leaders, leaders of this religious cult capitalized on these marginal groups because they knew that no one else really cared about them. And all this didn't come to light until 1993, which, in coincidence, Sisters Act 2 came out, so might be a connection there. Whoopi's fault. Because Whoopi, <laughs> back to the habit. Uh, and, uh, so these horrific acts included things like torture, mutilation, sexual assault, and castration. The boys who did escape also claimed that other children were stabbed to death and their organs were extracted and sold to the black market. And if the organs weren't sold to the black market for profit, the victims claimed the leaders would eat the organs. And so who were these violent leaders? The victims who were able to escape described them as respected members of society, which included two doctors, a wealthy businessman, a police officer, and the leader herself, Valentina de Andrade, who really had no like significant job. She was just really good at getting people under her and convincing people of things. She was charismatic. Yeah. So now, with the information at hand, the Brazilian law enforcement authorities finally had enough you know, information to open up a proper investigation and began connecting the dots between the murders and the missing children. Now, the boys' bodies were identified as homeless children, and... Ooh, wait, where was I at? <laughs> yeah, they were identified as homeless children who were known to work the streets. Uh, this vulnerable population of society was more than likely lured away, if not just forcibly abducted by these cult leaders, well, the, the people who became cult leaders under Valentina, because she has to establish power to get people to continue to do what she says. So she's like, give you a promotion on the spot. Now you're the organ cutting guy. So it's not a real, there's no real explanation to why these boys left their homes. It, it could be as simple as like a tour of food that was offered to them that was drawn away or something more complex, like the feeling of belonging to a family that cared about you more than the one that you came from. Uh, but unfortunately, once these children were caught or taken and dove into this dark web by this charismatic leader, it was too late and there was no real way out. Skip. That's part of their website. I'm going to get to that in a little bit. <laughs> Val had a strong belief that the world was going to end and that the only way to survive was by murdering children to pay a blood sacrifice to these aliens that were going to come back and take her and her followers off to a new world, like a weird intergalactic Uber. You've got a lot of alien themes here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, Valentina wasn't looking for more followers when she took these boys. Like I said, she was looking for sacrifices to make to her otherworldly overlords. Along with her belief that Jesus was an alien messiah, which like every doomsday cultist always claims, <laughs> she believed that uh, these aliens would take them away to teach them about love and prepare them for like the next coming of humanity. Uh, Valentina was also convinced that children born after 1981 were the pure embodiment of evil 
and had to be exterminated from the planet. Uh, yeah, so here's their website. If you, I tried to read it over and over again, but it just gave me like a weird sense of vertigo because it just <laughs> makes no sense. It reads like a bad Star Trek fanfic. <laughs> So, uh, in the end of all of it, law enforcement officials took 11 years to actually solve the cases and put things together. Uh, the, they finally tied everything together with the superior, you know, I keep messing up the word, superior universal alignment. I suck at Spanish. <laughs> and as a result of the investigation, an estimated 19 children were unaccounted for, five were never found, and three, the three that escaped were lifelong victims of bodily mutilation. Uh, as the Superior Universal Alignment cult leaders, Valentina fled the country, but after some years was taken back and arrested. All five of the major players were convicted of murder of the five children that they could like actually identify and bring justice. But Valentina herself got away with the crimes because she had a very good alibi. She said she wasn't in town. She said she couldn't be there, so how could I murder children? And she still exists to this day. She has cancer, unfortunately. Uh, she has her religious, uh, religious flock. They still hold group meetings in America and Brazil. The website's active. And there's a page on there with a slideshow of their activities that they do at their camps, including dance, uh, jazz, uh, country dancing. <laughs> and I'm going to play you the slideshow. <laughs> the song that's playing under it is a song that Valentina herself helped direct. That was the show. <laughs> so, are there any questions? <laughs> it's probably have a lot. <laughs> that was from their That's website. Really that was from the, yeah, That was from their website. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you don't, uh, seem baffled. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't know, but it seemed kind of racist, right? Like <laughs> in a weird way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they get up to, but apparently a lot of country dancing. So, <laughs> yeah, no, that's all we got. So, <laughs> thank you for listening to us. <laughs> thank you. Time now for your latest weather forecast. It's a breathe. Yeah.